When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. The Premier League Podcast. Welcome to Football Social Daily, your award-winning Premier League podcast. And the vote is still open in the 2023 Sports Podcast Awards. We're up for a couple of gongs and we really appreciate your support. So head over to the website, sportspodcastgroup.com and cast your vote for FSD today. And speaking of voting, we've got a new bunch of Premier League players to choose between when it comes to the next inductees into the Hall of Fame. Two Coles, two Ferdinands, a Fowler, Terry, Owen, Adams, Toure, 15 names in total, but who deserves it the most? Well, no debate I'm sure about yesterday's honorary inductees, as with 16 Premier League titles between them, the legendary Arsene Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson were recognised for their achievements in English football with a place in the Hall of Fame, but who will be the next faces to feature? We'll discuss that on today's episode of the show. My name's Niall, and joining me today, two FSD Hall of Famers in their own right, Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson. How you doing, boys? Uh, very good. I've never been described as a Hall of Famer or anything other than... Well, making, there's only three options. Making, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jim. <laughs> sorry, Jim. You didn't make the He's comment. in an active yeah. inductee phase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me, Marley and Jim have been here from the start. So I don't know if that counts as Hall of Fame worthy, um, to be honest with you. Um, you've been here five minutes by comparison, Joel, and you've already secured a spot in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's quality, not quantity, boys. Bring the quality you get in the Hall of Fame quick. Jim's sat over there. He isn't getting in for a while. <laughs> Wait till he hears this. He's going to love it. Um, talking of the Hall of Fame, it's quite an American concept, isn't it? And what are your thoughts on it in general? We see it in the NBA. We see it in the NFL, in the United States. Even the WWE wrestling has got a Hall of Fame, which is quite renowned. We don't really see it in English sports, though. So what do you reckon to it, Marley? It is a bit of an Americanism, but do you think it's a good idea on the whole? Yeah, probably. Um, it is a bit American-based. I don't know. I don't know, don't really know how to say it. Americanized. Um But it is good to recognise some of the some of the players that have been and gone. The only sort of thing that goes against it is the the players that came before the Premier League. So like, yeah, you know, like Bobby Charlton and 
Uh, well, you got 150 years of English football history to yeah. rewind on, I guess. With the Premier League starting in '92, yeah, it's a much easier. To be honest, I think that's the biggest disgrace of it: the fact that they're erasing 40 years of history. 40, 140. If you want, well, do you want to go back to Stanley Matthews? 100. <laughs> yeah, 100%. yeah. Well, this, well, this is what I mean when you look at the NBA that started in I think 1959. Mm. So they've started it right Smaller in the Smaller cross section to choose from. Yeah, yeah, and they've had they've got very they've already or they've always had specific criteria where, for example, they've had to have been fully retired or played four full seasons, and it has to be five years after they've retired to actually be inducted. And that started in '59, so they've like already it's already deep in their culture of the sport. It's such a massive thing to be inducted in the NBA Hall of Fame. It's almost like you are top status when it comes to playing whereas here we've got our almost backtrack going go through all these archives of players i don't know about you guys it doesn't feel as special as as people who i know who love nba and they're thinking oh my god my plays in the nba hall of fame that means he's better than x y and z whereas in this one i mean we all know who's yeah, the yeah. best and who's not it's one of those things where what does it actually mean that would be my first question what does being in the hall of fame actually mean because Whenever someone introduces, and we'll talk about these two managers in a minute who have just been inducted yesterday, whenever someone introduces Sir Alex Ferguson to a TED Talk, they don't go, Premier League Hall of Famer, Sir Alex Ferguson. They go, greatest manager in English football history, 13 13, Premier League titles, two Champions Leagues, Sir Alex Ferguson. That's what they'll say. They won't say Premier League Hall of Famer, will they? I guess my point is, what's the meaning behind it? What's the point of it? No, it's kind of pointless, really, but it's just... This is why we're going to spend a whole podcast talking about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just something nice, isn't it? There's something something to uh, you know, isn't prove it? that you were recognised and, and appreciated mm. by your peers and, and stuff. But, you know, even if you went back like six months, you could, you, if you referred to um, Alex Ferguson or Alan Shearer or Thierry Henry as the Premier League Hall of Famer, you would still... Sort of, no one would disagree with that, even though they would, like, let's say they hadn't been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like, for now, you would still put like Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard in the Premier League Hall of Fame, even though they haven't been officially inducted, but everyone knows they should be. You know what I mean? I don't think they have anyway. <laughs> I'm going to have to check. I, think, I don't know, because they keep inducting people. And I just think this is kind of the point you made. You know, does anybody really care? Because you either know someone's a legend yeah. or not. Gerrard's like, in. Gerrard's in. Is Lampard? I'm just having a look now. Lampard is in. Right, okay. So, I mean, this is this is the point, I guess. So there's 15 nominees, which we'll come on to from the playing side of things. I think that there are two nominees per season who are just inducted by the Premier League and there's no vote. Yeah. And then there's 15 candidates of which a selection will be voted into the Hall of Fame. So Shearer and Henri were the first two people to get inducted and that was two years ago in 2021. They were inducted by the Premier League. There was no argument, no voting therein. And they were joined by Eric Cantona, Roy Keane, David Beckham, Dennis Bergkamp, Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard. And then last season, we saw Aguero, Schmeichel, Wright, Company, Drogba, Rooney, Vieira and Scholes. Now this is all voted for by the fans and then this year the first two inductees Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger before we go to a vote a little bit later on but let's talk about those two guys Ferguson and Wenger I mean we can debate over who deserves it from the playing side Joel but I think when it comes to the two best managers of the Premier League era these two are the greatest aren't they? Mm. Ferguson definitely is Oh yeah he's like the undisputed godfather of Premier League football isn't he in terms of how uh, he dominated during those years, the two decades he was at United. 
with Arsene Wenger, I mean, I know everyone knows of how he built that Arsenal side pretty much from the ground up in terms of making them, I don't want to say a dominating side because it was only for a couple of years, three years really, wasn't it? In terms from 2000 to 2003. I mean, if you're going to compare him to Mourinho, that's true domination where he came in from Porto and then completely turned the league upside down, won two back-to-back titles, made them concede 16 goals in a season. That's not to that's not to say and take away right. Arsene Wenger's achievements, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you always have to you also have to credit these other managers too. So you think? I mean, Ferguson. We can talk about him. We can wax lyrical about him. We've already said he's the greatest. There's no need to argue with that. The numbers speak for themselves. The longevity speaks for itself. You don't seem to be in agreement, Joel, that Arsene Wenger is one of the greatest or the second greatest or whatever because Mourinho has won the same amount of Premier League titles. He's won three Premier League titles. So has Arsene Wenger. But Marley, Arsene Wenger did something that no one else has ever been able to do before or since in the Premier League era and that's go undefeated with the team through a league season. Mm. He managed Arsenal for well over two decades. He won FA Cups as well. Is it really that close between Wenger and Mourinho? What do you think? I think the thing that Wenger's got um, and will always have is the he was there at the turning point when the Premier League became more professional. Sure. Now, I think if you if you're not of a certain age, you won't realise that the Premier League, when in its starting days, was was quite unprofessional. Really, like the the level of professionalism wasn't what it is now. You know, uh, Arsenal had the famous Tuesday club that would go out and get battered every Tuesday in the pub. Now, fifteen pints and, and go home. Tony yeah. Adams, Ray Parler, these type of people, you know, Steve Bold and all the rest of them, even David Seaman. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But then he introduced this, like, because he came from Japan mm. and he came from, from obviously France and then to Japan and he'd seen the the importance of, of, of clean eating and, and the right the right health and yeah, yeah. basically not getting bladdered every, every possible opportunity. I, I just think it's brilliant, you know, that we're talking about Wenger as a guy who came in and changed the nutrition and changed the diet, but yet he used to sit in the dugout and smoke 15 Marlboro Reds a game, which yeah. <laughs> is just funny. It, well, just do, see him in a cloud of smoke in the dugout. Do as I do, do as I say and not as I do was a <laughs> kind yeah. of thing, wasn't it? So, but yeah, he was, he was instrumental in that. And I think when Arsenal... When he came in and there was a lot of doubt, it was like, what does this guy know? And, you know, he's coming from Japan, like proper, it was a proper left field appointment by Arsenal in mm. 1996 or whenever it was. So, but he, he, he turned the game because he was a pioneer and, and everyone went, oh crap, if we don't, if we don't catch up with this guy, he's going to leave us behind. And I think that was what made Ferguson so good because um, he realised that threat straight away yeah. um, and went with him. And, you know, everybody then followed because once, once the two best guys in the country are doing something, everyone else does it. Yeah. So it it become more professional and evolved on more and more. And then you know you're seeing the players that you brought in and stuff, and that that uh, established Arsenal as one of the best in the in the league and probably in the world as well. So it um, it moved the game on massively, I think, and that's what it'll always have because mm. it was that turning point. And every league has turning points in eras that are defined by one moment or one man or one club. Um, and that's what Wenger and Ferguson's rivalry did. If we're sat here saying the Hall of Fame doesn't really mean a great deal, then why have I seen some Manchester United fans on social media, Joel, almost complaining that Wenger and Ferguson have been inducted at the same time? I know we have quite a lot of tribalism and rivalry in this country, 
But is the Hall of Fame not a place where we can put that to one side for the time being? For example, if Matt Letizier got inducted into the Hall of Fame at the same time as a, a Portsmouth player, which probably wouldn't ever happen. But if that happened, I wouldn't be like, oh, those two need to be inducted separately. I mean, a lot of people have said, well, Ferguson won 13 and Wenger won three. How can you induct them at the same time? I think that's petty. Yeah, I don't really see much wrong in it it's in itself. It's the fact that they've inducted him as a duo and keep saying, you know, they've won 16 Premier League titles. Yeah, well, I them. said that. I said that. They that said was that me as well. in the intro. No, yeah, but they said that as well. A lot of the reports are 16 titles between them. I mean... Alex Ferguson accounts for 13 of those. That's mm. a ridiculous amount. And everyone talks about the rivalry. The rivalry didn't last for a very long time. When you look at the Premier League titles, it was a very short span. About six in the years, period. wasn't it? Yeah. In the period that they managed both their teams, it was a very small segment of the actual time that they were in the league. But I don't mind them coming in together because they're the two almost faces of Premier League football. They're the ones who, like Marley just said, almost transformed everything in terms of how it was played and... Um, the teams that they were generating and foreign talent as well and just scouting, like everything changed with them. Um, and yeah, you have to respect Arsene Wenger as well. But I mean, when you compare the two, there's absolutely no comparison. One is very, very much a heavyweight compared to yeah. the other one. Which I, I don't mind people saying that because it's fair. Ferguson is a better manager than Wenger and the statistics and records prove that. But at the same time, in what world are we living in where we think Wenger wouldn't be inducted into the Hall of Fame anyway? So they're both going to be there. So why do they need a separate ceremony? I don't understand it. I just think it's a, a tribalistic, trivial thing about, that people are moaning about on social media. 100%. You can't do anything in, without someone moaning about it on social in turn, media. I'm you moaning could, about it on you the could podcast. Like, you could you know, end poverty and some divvy on Twitter and be like, ah, I preferred it with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, yeah. what are you on about? Okay, so Wenger and Alex Ferguson are both in the Hall of Fame. Who'll be the next manager to go in? We've mentioned Jose Mourinho. Could it Steve be Steve Bruce? <laughs> oh man! Yeah. What would you call an opposite Hall of Fame? The balls of shame. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I'm not sure of, where this is going. It's like the Oscars was. Uh, doesn't they? Don't they have really bad films and uh, called the Raspberries or something like that? Like the golden. <laughs> the worst voted movies or something. Yeah, like the the yeah movies that should have been good but flopped. Uh, Steve Bruce would be the. He'd cut the ribbon for it, I think, if we had a That'd football be way more inversion. That the worst well, midfielder, Steve Bruce, <laughs> is in a a rare position to have managed against both Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola is the name I've got here next to Jose Mourinho. He's won a hell of a lot of Premier League titles, but Manchester City are currently under investigation from the Premier League. We don't know whether those titles are going to stay legitimate or not. I think they should. I think Pep's won them as a manager. I know. There are question marks to have about that. That's just my own opinion. So if we're putting a manager in there alongside Wenger and alongside Ferguson, is it Mourinho before Pep Guardiola? I know Pep's still play, uh, managing, of course, so that's probably one of the reasons. Well, if, if they're doing two at a time, they've probably got to go in together. Like If you're putting two inductees in at a time, why would you not put them in together? I think if you're splitting them, you can debate it all all. For the rest of the day, if you want, but I, if why not put them in together? I think Guardiola's won three out of four. He's done the Centurions thing. Yeah. Um. He's you know he's his achievements in the game. Are... He's going in, isn't he? There's no. Here's, at yeah, some yeah, point yeah. he'll be yeah. in. There. Here's a question. I, I know because he's active, he won't be allowed in just yet. I'm, I'm assuming. Would if it was allowed, would he go in ahead of Arsene Wenger if he could? Who Guardiola? Guardiola. 
No, I think no. that's recency bias. Yeah. I just think that's... Re- he, he's an unbelievable manager. I think it's just recency bias at this point. Yeah, but you can't undis- you can't dispute why he's achieved that City side. No, but if Manchester City don't win another Premier League title for 15 years after he leaves... Yeah, but does longevity still, matter? If, if Guardiola, of course it yeah, but No, but if Guardiola said, OK, I'm retiring from football now, I've done my job, doesn't necessarily mean Arsene Wenger's done a better job because he, so long, he are, overstayed are you just, his welcome. Are you just trying to figure out where Arsene Wenger ranks? No, no, I'm just asking. I'm, it's, it's a genuine question, though, because... That, <laughs> it I, just sounds like you're trying to dig out Arsene Wenger. No, but how, how do you compare the two? Because they've both done incredible achievements at their club. Obviously, one's had you know money but back. But this, this is Arsene the point. Wenger, this is so kind much. of my point about the Hall of Fame. We are obsessed in this country of comparing two things and trying to choose one over the other. Marley's right. Why can't <laughs> yeah, we just we put are. them both in at the same time? Why, debate, why, why, it? why do we, we need... put them all in then? <laughs> well, they will go in. That's the point. It's a Hall of Fame. It's not a Hall of Fame ranked from 1 to 10 of who's the best and who's the least good. It's it's a place where you can respect everyone who's inducted. And I think we do have a bit of an obsession with, you know, like I saw this debate about Bukayo Saka the other day, who's been labelled as world class. Like, I mean, yes, he's an unbelievable talent and a really good player. But we just obsessed with calling people world class and saying they're the best. Like you know, like Rashford was dreadful last season, and now he's one of the better players in the Premier League this season, because that's just the game and that's the way it goes. But listen, we'll talk about players in a little bit more detail after this on Football Social Daily, because there are 15 former players who are eligible to join the Hall of Fame in 2023, and it's up to you on who you think should go in. We'll talk about them after this. <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily. It's Hall of Fame season, whatever that means. But we'll be talking about the actual Premier League season a bit later on in today's podcast. So stick around for that as we look ahead to the final 10 games of the top flight season. But for now, the Premier League Hall of Fame nominees have been released. 2023, we'll see new players inducted. Uh, These names are legends of Premier League football, no doubt about it. And you get the chance to choose who goes in and who doesn't by voting on the Premier League website. Here are the names that have been shortlisted, lads. Tony Adams, Ashley Cole, Gary Neville, Sol Campbell, Jermaine Defoe, Michael Owen, Michael Carrick, Les Ferdinand, John Terry, Peter Cech, Rio Ferdinand, Yaya Torre, Andy Cole, Robbie Fowler and Nemanja Vidic. Six Manchester United players amongst those 16, so inevitably a few of those are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. But for you, Marley, who's the one name, if you were to pick one, that stands out amongst that bunch? Because there are some really good players there. Oof. Um, 
I think Jermaine Defoe's got lucky to be there. If I'm, if <laughs> Standing I'm, out for the wrong reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, mate, but I, uh, I'm not, not mad on that one. Shall I tell you mine? Yeah, go on. Petr Cech. Really? Yeah. Mm, uh, not sure. Why not? Goalkeeper, innit? You never know how good... I don't know with goalies... That's exactly part of the reason why I, I think know. he should go in. It is. It's undeniably the hardest job. In the, oh, no, it isn't actually. Maybe not the hardest job. I don't know. I like I like Les Ferdinand. I'm going off Newcastle by You know, are, and that's probably why you don't like Defoe. But, I mean, I want to put Peter no, Cech in because yeah. the most clean sheets in Premier League history. He's won titles, played for two huge clubs, came back from a... I know this is not a reason to be inducted into a Hall of Fame, but fractured his skull in that horrific challenge and came back with the skull cap and still managed to perform at an ultimate level. Won the Champions League with Chelsea. I know it's not Premier League, but it's a Premier League team. Won a number of accolades. I think he's got to go in. He's It's like if we're putting Alan Shearer in for scoring the most goals, you have to put Petr Cech in for the most clean sheets. Um, yeah, but you got you say Petr Cech, but then you've got Ashley Cole and John Terry. Mm. Uh, Ashley Cole was part of the Invincible side. Then he was I'm... part of a very, very good Chelsea side who yeah. ended up yeah. doing Over 100 caps for England as well. With, uh, he was At the time, he was the best left-back in the world, pretty clearly, I would say. Um, and then, obviously, John Terry next to him, who was part of that Petr Cech side in the Mourinho side. You can see the 16 goals that season. He was a part of the really good Ancelotti side. Uh, he infamously put his full kit on for the... Champions League uh, trophy lift. <laughs> so it, it's difficult. I don't want to put my Man United bias on, but I do think... Well, one of the United players r- is going to go in because it's voted for by fans and Manchester United have a huge what, fan base. That is base. a huge flaw to this yeah, system. Exactly. You, can't let, you just can't let it it's going to be, skewed, be voted isn't it? by fans. I, it's yes. There are six bizarre. former Man United players in and amongst it. I mean, Michael Owen is one of them. Who obviously has and they should be as well because they were part of a dominating era. But I mean, like Marley just said, when you let fans take over a fan poll, mm. you could put, you know, who's the best player? Mm. You Lewis. could stick Ali Deer in there, and everybody <laughs> for, the, for a Literally. laugh would vote for Ali. <laughs> and then Ali Deer would get called up from some like village that he's living in, working as a banker or somewhere, and he'd be like, "Who's this? Oh, you've been inducted into the Hall of Fame because a bunch of ball bags on Twitter have, uh, have took, took the mick and put you in there." Into the Hall of Fame oh, celebrity wing. Yeah, it's madness, man. But <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, uh, from from that list of, of what is it, 15, yeah. Ash- Ashley Cole stands out for me, I think. Okay, so if we're choosing one each, I'll choose Peter Check. You'll choose Ashley Cole. Yeah. So, I mean, the reasons for Ashley Cole, as you say, are, are quite clear. Played for Arsenal in that Invincibles team under Wenger. Went to Chelsea, won titles at Chelsea. Champions became one of the best fullbacks ever. In the world, whilst he was, he was there. like England's undeniably best world class, by, yeah. yeah, forever. He like, was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I understand the reasons why. I mean, just going back to to Petr Cech, two hundred and two clean sheets, which is some forty three clean sheets more than the next on the list, which is David James. He was one of Mourinho's most important Chelsea signings in his history. There for an, by an absolute mile. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's miles ahead of Peter Schmeichel in terms of clean sheets. From Ren, like and he's, yeah. miles incredible. Ahead. Um, so just... it's got to be him for me. That leaves you then, Joel. So you've got a good chunk of Manchester United players to choose from there. No, no doubt you're going to choose one of those. But there are some really impressive I was say, names. Just like, just taking the United players away for the side. I know Michael Owen is a play. He's the only mm. English. He's the only English player with a Ballon d'Or. Yeah, since Sammy Matthews, yeah, I think. 
that's a pretty big achievement. Mm. I, I know he's very controversial because there are a number of players who I think should have probably won it ahead of him, but we won't go down that avenue. Well, he was a but, wonder kid, wasn't he? I mean, exactly, like the yeah. 98 World Cup, scoring against Argentina, yeah. uh, pl- playing for Liverpool at 16, 17, scoring loads of goals at that age. I mean, he was a prodigy. And the World Cup He really well. was a prodigy. And I, I, also, I also think a real outsider, Yaya Torre as well, I don't think he gets talked about enough mm. in terms of the role he had, but it was a bit of a one one to two season kind of blip which he literally fired City to that side but if I remove my bias hat I think it has to be either Rio Ferdinand or Vidic I tell you what it can't be Rio Ferdinand because of the missed drugs test completely puts a blot on his career nine months out for missing three drugs tests that's a huge any sportsman that fails a drugs test is just Flawed yeah. in my credibility. Opinion. Yeah, but he yeah. did. He did the test not long after, and he passed it. He yeah, because that's when he was clean. <laughs> yes, yeah, but that's what like that's... he missed it because he wasn't there. That's yeah. what his side three of the story times. is. It might have been an honest mistake. I'm sure it was, but it can't be three times though. Was not... that how long it was? I that's it was three you, times. You miss. You miss three tests because if you miss one, like fine, because you might be on holiday or whatever. I'm sure he missed three. <laughs> I've no idea. I can't remember, to be honest. But my umbrage is with you saying that it's got to be between Ferdinand or Vidic. Like, Vidic was an unbelievable centre-back. He's not even the best centre-back on this 15-man oh, shortlist, Joel. Now. Yeah, but you've just made a massive claim for Petr Cech. He was yeah, part who's of... the best keeper in terms he of was... clean sheets in the Premier League's Nemanj- history. Nemanja Vidic was part of the defence that kept the most clean sheets in a row. I think it was 12 okay. clean sheets in a row with Edwin van der Sar and John Terry was John Terry and Tony Adams are better than Vidic. They're two better defenders than Vidic. John Terry never won the double. Fact, never won a Champions League and Premier League in the same season. We did it three in a row with that defence. I hear, I hear you with Ferdinand, right? He's not as good as Adams. He's not as good oh. as Terry. And he's not as good as Rio Ferdinand. But he's better than Campbell, is he? He's, he's better Campbell. than Sol Campbell, yeah. I mean, Sol Campbell <laughs> See, forgot about him. This is the thing, like, Sol Campbell will never get... if Because it's a vote. Mm. Sol Campbell will never get in on a vote because not enough ex-clubs of his like him enough. Um, and the same with uh, with Michael Owen. Man United fans don't really like him. Liverpool fans, don't Liverpool really fans like don't really like him because he went to Man United. <laughs> yeah. Newcastle fans don't like him because he down tools. Liverpool Real Madrid, Madrid fans, fans don't like they don't like him because number one, they're not voting for the Premier League Hall of Fame. Stoke and fans. Num- <laughs> How far are we going? Here? It's madness. It's just he's never getting in. No one's voting for Gary Neville as well over you know Ashley Cole Adams. If everyone, you know, what about and Andrew Coles? Cole? Andy Andy very, Cole very is a massively underrated massive, striker yeah. because he's didn't he score like thirty fourth in Newcastle in ninety three and we sold him, ended up selling him to Man United for seven million back in ninety four ninety five was it? No penalty goals as well. I think he's the fourth highest Premier League goal scorer of all time. Yeah. And he never gets talked about in the same breath underrated. as Aguero, Rooney, mm. Kane, or Shearer. One hundred eighty seven Premier League goals, more than Sergio Aguero. More than Thierry Henry, more than Robbie Fowler, who's also on the list with 163 goals, and he's also amongst the nominees. Yeah, Andy, good finisher, great finisher. Robbie Fowler was brilliant player. Yeah, and Andy Cole did did all these things with uh, famously not getting on with his strike partner Teddy Sheringham. Mm. <laughs> Flat out didn't like each other, but <laughs> formed one of the best partnerships. Them two, Cole, um, Cole and Sheringham, and then uh, York and uh, who was the other one? York and. They had four strikers. Solskjaer, of course. Forgot about him. Um, you know, they, they, they were one of the best attacking Quadru- quadrants <laughs> you could have. Yeah, you know what I mean? Madness. The only thing I would say with Andy Cole is he did play for a lot of clubs in the Premier League. Yeah. A lot of clubs. Scored for them all, didn't he? Yep. Scored. Blackburn, he was very good for Blackburn when he was 
30 odd ish. Yeah, like that. went so. to Fulham, went to Man City, even played for Portsmouth for a bit. Just like talking about this though, it is sad though how they're literally erasing so many top players from history. It is incredible. You know, when you go pre 1990, mm. I mean, in every other league in, in Europe, you know, they're not going to ignore Eusebio, they're not going to ignore Di Stefano. No, no. They're all part of and ingrained in their history. Mate. Something like the Premier League are trying to just make sure everyone goes from 92 onwards. I hate that. Yeah, but you've got to have a cut off point, I think. Maybe you could. You could um, have, well, I, I think this will happen. I think they'll have a sort of a, a wing to the Hall of Fame from pre-Premier League. Well, I think the Football League... That Maybe he, a post-Hummus uh, one uh, for, for people what, like that. Post-Hummus. <laughs> well, after they beat chickpeas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that's the right thing, isn't it? Post humus, <laughs> post humus. No, we're, we're not doing a, that. Is the most morbid suggestion I've ever heard in my life. What? When players, when, <laughs> play, when players have died, like, like, like Stanley Matthews ain't gonna get up, is he? Because he's, he's passed away. So obviously, but he's gotta be. Uh, so we gotta wait until they die to nominate them for it. <laughs> no, just ones that have already died. You what? idiot. Yeah, what about the ones in, like the seventies are still alive, waiting for their. Commemorate. You've got to kick the bucket. I'm sorry. Yeah, but... I don't know why that's so lads. funny, but it, it completely done me there. That's oh, the word. Post Thomas is the word. No, I know, but it's yeah, just it three me off. I didn't expect it. Just... I didn't expect Nile to start banging on about chickpeas. But... Yeah, well, it's hummus. Is the way you said hummus. Oh, hummus. It's making me laugh. <laughs> oh, I was so Post hummus. It's just making me laugh. Um, I think the EFL. What I was saying before I started crying. Uh, I think what the yeah. EFL have done is they do have some sort of Hall of Fame type thing. I'm, I'm not sure um, 100%, but players like Bobby Moore, players like Bobby Charlton, Stanley Matthews, they all played in what was the old English Football League before the Premier League broke away and became its own thing. And now, of course, the EFL is the 72 clubs in the three divisions below the Premier League. So maybe there's something to be done there. But, I mean, someone like Gary Lineker, for example, might be considered. Glenn Hoddle, for example. These are all players that didn't really play in the Premier League era, so won't get the acknowledgement of being in the Premier League. Hall of Fame, Paul Gascoigne. I mean, what an yeah. iconic player. Waddle, he all was. sorts of players. Keegan. Yeah, brilliant. There's Could so go many. on and on and on. Yeah, on, yeah, I mean, Keegan, yeah. Martin O'Neill's a great player as well for Nottingham Forest. No, no, you can't have Keegan. He's still alive, so. We'll <laughs> 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 have to wait for that day, Marley, and then we'll come back to it. Sorry, Kev. Right. Sorry, King Kev. Right, we're moving on, lads. We're moving on. You can have your say of those 15 former Premier League players who are eligible for the Hall of Fame 2023 by voting on the Premier League website. Voting is open until 6 o'clock UK time on Monday the 10th of April, there will only be three of those 15 names inducted and that will be announced in the first few days of May. So get your votes in there. And also get your votes in on the Sports Podcast Awards. Head to sportpodcastgroup.com, cast your vote for Football Social Daily to win a couple of awards. We won one last year and we'd really love to do the same again and we need your support to do so. So we'd really appreciate if you do that. And next up on the podcast, we'll be discussing how the final 10 weeks or 10 match days of the Premier League season might unfold. We'll see you after this. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Final part of today's Football Social Daily. My name's Niall. I've got Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson with me here in the FSD studio. And with just 10 games to go, for some teams anyway, it's around about 10 games for most Premier League teams of the season remaining. I want to know your predictions, lads. As we head into April, this is the busiest month of the Premier League season. Most top flight teams have five match days at the very least. That doesn't include if they're still in things like the FA Cup, where there are semi-finals to be played. European football, of course, where there's still knockout matches to be played. There are at least five league match days for most clubs. So I want your predictions of what's going to happen between now and the end of the season. There's around about eight or nine weeks to go, as I say, just around 10 match days. So who do you think is going to do it? Who's getting over the line, Joel? Who do you think is going to win the Premier League title? I still think City are going to win it. And that's purely because, well, if they win their game in hand, that takes them again five points behind that game with City and Arsenal is massive. It can't be understated how big that is. If they can both maintain their form at the moment, if City win that, that takes them two points behind and then we'll truly see if Arsenal got the minerals to go all the way with you know five games to go with them breathing down the necks, knowing that one slip-up will cost them because the goal difference is getting closer and closer. Arsenal are on 40 goal difference, City are on 42. I mean, this could go down to the final day if things start panning out the mm. way we're looking at it. You don't know. At both ends of the table, it could go yeah, down for to the sure. final. It's looking so exciting. That game, Manchester City-Arsenal at Etihad Stadium, Wednesday the 26th of April. It's a night game. It's a midweek 8pm kickoff. So obviously with European football, not for Arsenal, but for Manchester City, potentially, you know, we could see... Manchester City playing midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend. Will that have an impact? What do you think, Marley? Do you think it will still be like Joel, Manchester City, who will come from behind? Or do you think Arsenal have got enough now to wrap it up? I hope it's Man City, because I've still got that, that, that 1,500 quid accumulator <laughs> rising on Man City at the minute. That's such a conflict of interest. I know, I know. Uh, I want a new TV. <laughs> um, I don't know, because everything's falling Arsenal's way at the minute. I think... You know, the, the comeback against Bournemouth was, was huge for them. Going out of the Europa League while Man City are still fighting on the Champions League front is going for them. They've and got the FA Cup. Yeah, they've got that to, to deal with. They've got Jesus coming back just in time for, you know, for the sort of run-in type thing. Um, I think the omens are with Arsenal. It's just whether they can stop their backsides from twitching and, and being young and... You know, I've said it before. Is it, we don't know about the character of this Arsenal team yet because every every sort of hurdle they pass, another one is waiting for them. It's like you know, they've there was a, a little hurdle against Bournemouth. You know, you two 0 down. Can you come back and win? Yeah, they can. But the next time they've got to come back, everything's more frantic because it's that that step closer to the finishing line. It's like you know, it's not. If you clip the first hurdle as you go over it, you're still in the race. Whereas if you clip the last one and you fall over, you're not in the you're not in the race anymore. So City know what it takes to win. They know that they have to be perfect. They did it. I think did they win 14 straight in that Liverpool season where they they pipped them by a point. Were they not tenth Madness. at Christmas or something? Ninth yeah. or tenth at yeah, Christmas? They fell way yeah, they were way out of, out of it basically. You would you would say, but yeah. What about your top four? Are you banking on Newcastle to? Get in there, or if we if we over? finish fifth and Spurs finish fourth after the mental season they've had of sacking a manager, being crap for most of it, and still somehow 
get in there. there. I don't know how the, their how fixtures look tough though. Tottenham. Yeah, they they the, the next five are vital. Yeah, I think haven't they got Liverpool, Man United? They've got pretty much the whole City, top four. Think, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. I'd be buzzing with fourth, of course. Um, I'd take. I'd take fifth. I'd take sixth. Okay, so let, let's. I don't mind. Let's just get this nailed down. Then you both think Manchester City are going to win the title. I do, yeah. I'm I'm fifty 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 one City okay. forty nine Arsenal. We'll, we'll put say. City down, but I guess that means that you both think Arsenal are going to finish second in that case. I don't think anyone yeah. else is going to finish second. So let's move on to third. Manchester United are currently third. Is that where they're going to stay, Joel? If they can win the games in hand, um, it's been a bit of a shaky last few games of form. Two wins in the last five, a uh, few little blips here and there, a few injuries. Obviously, Casemiro is going to be fit. Um, is going to be suspended. Sorry for the next two to three games, and that's a massive miss. I do think we're going to be comfortably in there come the end of the season. I think it's more so the fourth spot, which is just up for anyone to whoever can get a good, consistent run of form to take. I think personally, Liverpool will end up pipping it. I just think they've got a little bit of well, focus now. They're out of all competitions. They can focus purely on that. If they can get some of their injury concerns okay and get you know their back four sorted and the midfield, which is a massive issue, then I do think that they have the quality to pip the likes of Newcastle and Tottenham. So who do you think will be third and fourth? Do you think Manchester United will finish third, Marley? Yeah. I uh, can't see them finishing anywhere else. Can't see them catching the top two. Um, can't see anyone below them catching them really. So this Sunday will be interesting. Man United Newcastle on on Sunday. Um, but I still think Man United will pull away into into third pretty comfortably really. Um, and then I think it's a, a f- three maybe four way battle for fourth. Newcastle Spurs, um, Liverpool will will come strong again. I think Brighton will will fall away. Um, They've got games in hand too though. They do, but I, I just can't I can't see them. I can't see them. even though they play well and they're, they're, they're scoring more goals than they have typically in recent years. I, I think they'll fall away somehow, um, and and sort of bottle it a little bit. <laughs> but I can't predict fourth. I I can't see anything that Liverpool have done this season that would say they're gonna come on strong in the last 10 games and, and finish there. But Not even 7-0 against Man United? Didn't see anything in that? Yeah, no, be, no, because it was... two games after that. Lost though. to Bournemouth, didn't they? The week yeah. And then Real Madrid the next week. And that was, that's sort of typical of Liverpool like this season. They've they've had false dawns. After, like, they won 9-0 at that. They've won 9-0 and 7-0 this season. They won 9-0 in the other game against Bournemouth and then went and lost to them at exactly. Like it's It's so sort of stop-start that I think the... The complacency has set in too much now with with Liverpool and the the previous defeats. Um, so who's finishing fourth then? Come on, I know you want to say it, but you don't really want to say it. What us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got yeah, we've got a decent run to be fair. But after Man United, we've got a few teams sort of eleventh to fifteenth ish. Well, they'll, they'll be they'll be fighting as well though. So hopefully fourth. I'm I'll say Newcastle fourth. So you've both got identical top fours then. Man City, Arsenal, Man United, Newcastle. I've got Liverpool. Oh, you've gone for Liverpool? Yeah. So Joel, you've gone for Man City, Arsenal, Man United and Liverpool. Marley, you've got the same top three. City, Arsenal, United and then Newcastle, United in fourth. Now, if that was hard to predict, what about the bottom three? Honestly, you could throw <laughs> a dartboard and then just say, okay, that's the bottom three. I mean, I've been saying it for weeks on Football Social Daily. You'd be an idiot to put any money on anything at the moment because yeah. it's just so difficult to tell 
who's going to stay up, who's going to go down. I mean, I was looking at some relegation predictors before we did the show, and I think Southampton are the highest chance of going down with 73%, Everton 37%, West Ham 18% chance of going down. But the table is so tight at the moment, and I just think because we have so few match days left, and having looked at the fixtures... Maybe it's becoming a little bit easier to call, but all of the teams are playing against each other, Joel. So it's, it is difficult to select who you think might drop. I'm thinking one of the more established clubs is definitely going down. One of Leicester, West Ham and Everton. I think one of those are definitely going down. The, all three of them look like they're clambering on like Lion King when he's climbing on with his claws and one of the teams below is just ready to kick them off. <laughs> well, we'll talk about this tomorrow, but it's Palace-Leicester at Selhurst Park on Saturday. And then on Monday night, it's Everton at home against Tottenham. And that's like the story of the whole season to go, isn't it? I mean, if you look at, I'm just looking at Bournemouth's fixtures. They've got the likes of Leicester, then they've got West Ham, Southampton, Leeds, Crystal Palace. These are all teams that are fighting to save their status in the Premier League. And it seems like because there's so many teams involved, it's bound to happen, isn't it? Basically, the bottom 12, uh, sorry, bottom 10, have all got a chance of pretty much going down and I, I think for me if I was going to be on the spot I would say probably Southampton Leeds and Bournemouth oh that's my three that's what I've gone with as well just because of their runnings are a little bit tricky I mean Southampton's fixtures look really difficult but then again they've made all games look difficult this season doesn't matter who they've played against uh, they're really suffering at the moment I think Bournemouth even though they got that big win against Liverpool I just don't see enough quality there to keep them up. And as much as Dean Court is quite a boxy little stadium, as we all know, the smallest in the Premier League, 11,000 gate and all the rest of it, it's not the sort of place where people say, mm, it's a tough place to go down to Bournemouth and win away from home. It doesn't have that intimidating atmosphere that some stadiums do. Whereas I think Goodison Park, when they get it going and if they can get the crowd on side, those Everton players, I think that's a much harder place to get a victory. I was just going to say, can you, like can you imagine the fallout if West Ham do go down? It would be unbelievable. That team would be dismantled tomorrow. I mean, well, this is the question that a lot of West Ham fans have. And I don't know whether you've got West Ham in your bottom three, Marley, but Crystal Palace have made a change. They've got rid of Vieira. Yes, they've brought in Roy Hodgson and that's controversial in its own right. I'm sure we'll discuss it in more detail tomorrow. West Ham are like the only club down there that have decided to stick and not twist this season. When you think of all the other clubs, Southampton have made change. Mm-hmm. Wolves have made a change of manager. Everton have made a change of manager. Yeah, I mean, you can go through the whole list. I mean, like I say, Crystal Palace, who are the closest to safety at the moment in terms of league positioning, even they've made a change. Yeah, but West Ham have got the most experienced manager down there. You know, he's managed... What getting on? Has he managed a thousand games yet? Almost, can't be far off. But he's, um, yeah, it would be. Uh, well, they've 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 made the choice, haven't they? I think if they were going to make it, they'd have made it by now. I think they're going to give him to the end of the season and then make a change. Um, I can't see Moyes staying past the summer, but I I think West Ham will get out of it because at some point that quality has to show. Whoever it's against, whether it's a six pointer, I would back them in that. You know, I'd back them to beat like Leicester, for example. Do you know, I think the Conference League might have an infa- impact in the running? Not really, because who have they, who've they played in it? They keep playing Danish minnows and battering them, don't they? So I don't know, who have they got in the next round? I can't remember. I'm not that. sure. Jim is just outside the window. I might ask him, actually. Would you rather win the Conference League and go down or 
stay in the Premier League but not win it. Wait, so they'd be in the Europa League in the Championship? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, that that's quite happen. insane, isn't it? That would happen, yeah. Um, but I think Jim will say survival. I'll ask him. Let's get. Let's grab him. West Ham crisis talk. Made his way into the studio. Do I have to? Yes, you do. Would you rather... Stay in the Premier League. <laughs> Lose a leg or yes. Lose a, yeah. <laughs> Would you rather go down from the Premier League yeah. but win the Europa Conference or stay in the Premier League but lose the Europa Conference? Option B. I'd rather lose the Europa Conference and stay in the Premier League because if it was any other cup competition, if it was League Cup, FA Cup, I'd probably take the day at Wembley and winning something. But... I'm really struggling to be excited by the Europa Conference at the moment, partly because we've only got as far as we have because of the terrible teams we've played. West Ham have not played good football in that competition and they've got very lucky playing people like, is it, I forget the name of the Cypriot team, is it? Lanarka. Yeah. Who were, who were terrible. It's the worst team I've ever seen West Ham play who and that you- includes every cup competition. <laughs> 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 who have you got in the... In the next round? Yeah. Belgian yeah. side, yeah, who yeah. aren't terrible. They're not bad, but you would you'd you you'd have to back any Premier League team to beat them, right? Yeah, um, unless you're West Ham. Unless you're West Ham. <laughs> yeah. I fancy the day out in Prague. Yeah, summer's seventh, day in Prague. Seventh of June. I would have to That would be that would be lovely. That'd I'd definitely go if we did get that far. I'd definitely try and go if we got that far. And then no. drown your tears knowing you got Championship football <laughs> in three I, months later. Premier League football is so important for the football club, though, and I think that what, financially that, or yeah, I think everything. in terms of yeah, and if they want to get a buyer this summer, which I think the, the club do, I think they want to try and shift the club as soon as the stadium rights hand over. Be marketing re- it as uh, staying in the leagues. European champions, West Ham are on the on the market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> European third tier biggest club West in the Ham. championship. Biggest club. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Jim's picking survival. So it's down to you now, Marley, to pick your bottom three. Who are you going for? Well, can I just say that I've been looking back through the um, predictions we did at the start of the season, Ooh. which are very interesting because Joel's a crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, sorry, I didn't predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's not predicting the future and then there's picking Brentford, Fulham and Bournemouth to go down. Oh, hindsight's a brilliant thing, isn't it, Marley? <laughs> like, um, you also went for the Spurs to finish second. Uh, and, about and, that. <laughs> and West Ham to finish eighth. All right, let's see yours then, Mr. Nostradamus. All right, okay. Well, I I went for... Let me just find it. Newcastle first. <laughs> no, I went for Newcastle seventh, actually. Um, I went for Bournemouth to finish bottom, Fulham to finish second bottom, which is obviously mm. way off, and Southampton to finish 18th. Ooh, so I'm on for two out of three. Yeah. Um, so I had I'm Fulham in my bottom three. Ground here. I had the three promoted teams in my bottom three. I think I had Fulham, Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest as my bottom three. Which I could still get two out of three, to be fair. But who are you going for now? This is the point. We're going to compare your start of season predictions with our 10 weeks to go predictions at the end of the campaign so we can look back and see just how close we got it because it's so tough to call at the moment. So with 10 games left, roughly, for every team, let's make a call now and see how we go by the end of the season. Uh, I'm saying Bournemouth, Mm -hmm. Southampton, and I think it'll be Leeds. Bournemouth, Southampton and Leeds. So I still hope for us go down. All three of us have gone for the same bottom three. In harmony. Feeling safe now, Jim? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's far off. I think Bournemouth, Southampton, it's Leeds or maybe Forest for me. Can you and can you remember who you went for at the start of the season? I've in my here. bottom three? Yeah. Southampton. No, you didn't. 
Fulham. You went Southampton 12th. Did I? Yeah. Fulham? Might still finish 12th. No, you went Fulham 16th. Go on, and who they go for? You went two of the ones you just mentioned now. You went Leeds, Forest, Bournemouth, yeah. which is still very much on. Yeah. Jim could get all three in his relegation predictions, as long as one of them isn't West Ham. Where did I put West Ham? Eighth. <laughs> <laughs> Dreamland. <laughs> all right, well, that's it for today's Football Social Daily. We will look back on those predictions in a few weeks' time when it comes to the end of of the Premier League season. It is shaping up to be so exciting. And of course, the action returns after the international break at the weekend. And on tomorrow's edition of the show, we'll pick out some of the big matches that are taking place over Saturday and Sunday and run the rule on them for you. But that is it from us today on Football Social Daily. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.